And this is Radio Zamunda, the dope bit. Don't forget about it. Word up, word up. So, um, how you doing, man? Everything good? Everything is good. You know, uh, it's uh, it's as good as it can be in a pandemic. It's amazing what you get used to. Right. Yes, <laughs> that is the truth. Um, yeah, and and also because of the pandemic, we don't get to do these a lot. So it's nice to you know try to get these things going as well. So um, it's good to contact you on the on the other coast there man yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna say forget about it and try to do it anyway and muscle through the kids running through the recordings yeah 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 that's what um i think every podcast has kids running through recordings <laughs> at this point yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah so i think it's uh it's part of the whole thing man but um i'm i'm excited for this guest because he's um He's somebody that I've wanted to bring on for a little bit, and uh, I'm excited for you to meet this cat. I'm excited because I never know who you're bringing on or what yeah. they do. I yeah. feel like you get two or three windows with me where you can yeah. always, which is why you always cheat and win at the game, the right. guessing game. Um, right. But I never yeah. know. <laughs> see how you slipped that in there? <laughs> I see that. You're, you're a bitter man. That's too bad. No, I just like I just like to make sure that I, you know, you like the Fox News people with your approach. I just like to bring. <laughs> wow, I see. You want to just get into this, man? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Peace. Let's just jump right in, okay? Sure. And we'll, we'll as as I was talking to my, my boy Ray here, uh, this is Jazz, we're just like sort of improv, it's a conversation. Uh, but before we get all of that started, um, I just wanna say to the guy over in San Diego, who are you? I'm Kwaku and who are you? I'm Atul and this is Radio Zamunda The. Dope. Shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, and um, and I'm going to say, because usually we, we have to introduce our guest, right? And then we sort of explain the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, we have the pleasure, live, at least for us right now, and direct from London, uh, my, 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 good, my good friend, I would say my good friend right now, uh, Ray Panthaki. And I just want to say, what's up, Ray? What's up, guys? Morning. Morning. Lovely to be speaking to you, man. I'm all good. I'm all good. Navigating this world right now. Navigating it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and so, like, for, so for the people, including Ray, for, but the people who are uninitiated to the Radio Zamunda thing, uh, just to catch everybody up, Kwaku and I's relationship is one of the things it's based on is we're always hipping the other guy to something that they don't know about. And so one time, I, one of Kwaku's friends was like, yo, you should do a podcast about that. And we thought, yeah, let's do a podcast about music or movies or stuff. And then Kwaku was like, yo, instead of like 
me or you introducing you to like some dope new album. Let's introduce each other to dope new people that we know that you might not know. So we, the guests, we bring on guests. Like for example, I'm bringing on a guest right now that Kwaku doesn't know. And then we just rap from there. So today my dope shit is Mr. Ray Panthaki. Okay. Um, <laughs> And so that's that's catching everybody up. And usually what we do, since Kwaku doesn't know or might not know who Ray is, we give Kwaku three guesses to guess who or what Ray might do with his life. And then uh, we get going from there. So you want to try to guess? Man, I'm, yes. I'm so excited. And, <laughs> and, and I'm, three guesses, three guesses. Okay, it's not five. So see, Otto usually cheats when it's his turn. I don't know how he does, <laughs> but he does some sort of research. So I like have to lock everything down NSA style. Sure. Uh, yep. But I don't, I just like to look at the guest and maybe hear Got a little it. something and, and just go with what moves me. Got and it. So Got it. I'm looking at Ray, Ray P. I'm looking at this cool hat he's got on. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the beard, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe a little V-neck t-shirt. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking DJ. <laughs> wow this is interesting yeah you know, interesting very so what am i am i giving it am i giving a yes or no answer or can i be a you could say yes or no and close or not close but yeah not close <laughs> <laughs> i like how ray like built me up to just like yeah, slam yeah. me down he's like nope that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i don't think so <laughs> Um, I'll take it though. It makes me much cooler than I am. No, it's, no I, I don't even think that's possible. Um, okay, so he's saying not close. And so then when you said not close, the thing that occurred to me is like, all right, what's the polar opposite of a DJ? And maybe it's like an accountant or a tax attorney, but I don't think that Otto would bring you on if you're a tax attorney. Yeah, but boy, the tax attorney, like, yo, let's talk about, like, you know, amortized deductions or some shit. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's, you know, he's saying not close. Uh, yes, I, I got it. Am I allowed to ask a question? I, you know, can I, because you ask questions all, this is how he cheats. I, see, no, see, you lying. <laughs> now you lying to the people and, and including my boy Ray. I don't, I don't, I don't ask questions. I just look into the person's eyes uh -huh. and I guess, man. So. Okay. <laughs> and you're stalling. You have two more. You're stalling. I'm not, I'm not stalling. I'm just uh, getting. I'm getting to know Ray. I'm. I'm just. You know, <laughs> what's wrong with that? I'm, I'm looking for. Okay. So not a DJ. Um. All right. Uh. The opposite of a DJ. Uh. I'm still going with the cool mm. thing, man. I. I don't know. Um. Uh, okay, uh, Ray, are you a, a visual artist of some type, maybe a painter or something like that? In some respects, I guess I am, Marco, right? Yeah, yeah. In some respects, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the right path. You're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you always make this look so much easier when you do it. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, visual artist, um, not a DJ. Uh, okay. All right. This is what I'm gonna say. I know, you know, Otto is it is an actor, is in film and television. Um uh maybe like a cinematographer or something, someone who's creating what shows look like visually. Hmm. 
I mean, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of right. Was, you're not on the bullseye, but um, <sighs> you're there. You were. You were almost exactly there. But you right. know. those are my three. What What do we okay. got? <laughs> Ray, what would you say you were? I'd say I'm an actor and filmmaker, ah. an actor and director. See, right so we're close. We're on yeah. the right path. We got there. You know, because it seems too easy. It's like if every time Otto brings on someone, oh, he's an actor. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to just guess that right away. Sure, sure. But I've brought a variety on, man. I brought a variety of people on. You have, and one day you will bring on the tax attorney, and yeah. I will be redeemed. <laughs> just to fuck with just you. Just to throw you. Just, just to, to throw mess you, me. Yeah. Just to mess me. Yeah. All right, all right, Ray. So, right. Great, great to meet you. I want to you hear. You too, man. I like, and I don't know how much Otto told you about this, about the process outside of the little introduction, because we all- I'm coming in completely blind, man. Okay. I'm coming in blind. Okay, that's, I mean, that's how the magic happens. All right. Um, cool. So if you are an actor, I'm assuming that the two of you have probably worked together on a piece or met on a piece. And so we're, we're gonna get there. And what we do is, um, especially since I know nothing about you, is that I kind of ask you some questions because I, I really kind of want to hear your uh, story arc as far as how mm. you came to, to be in this creative field and what led you to this point. And so sure. um, we always say you can say as much or as little as you want to say. Um, but essentially, I would like to know, um, well, where did this all start for you as far as being creative? Wait, you're a little ahead? Am I rushing? That, yeah, I mean, we're almost at that I'm point. I'm so excited, though. I, I hear you, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The thing, the thing as the person who's brought Ray on that on. I'm supposed to say yes. is that, okay, first of all, you lost the game. No, no, you said, no, for, no, you, you said I was right. See, this is how he cheats. I'm just pointing this out. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear that, right? You hear what he just did to me. Oh, you're close. You're right on. But you lost the game. Yeah. I just got to break it to you, bro. Uh -huh. um, but the other thing is, so, you know, for the context that we do have to talk about Ray and I's relationship, because I'm not just bringing some random person on. True. And then we get to the origin story. So Thank what you. I'll say Go on. is the way I know Ray yes. is that we are both in the upcoming Netflix series called Away. Ooh. That's how I met Ray. And you know me, just like you, we bring on dope people yes. and and we're gonna get to all of this. But um the reason I brought Ray on is because he's he's an he's an incredible actor that I've, I've worked with him for now seven or eight months on this show uh, where we're flying off to uh, the reaches of space. Um, but he's also an incredible, in my opinion, filmmaker as well, and has a really incredible visual way of looking at and representing the world. So he's shown me some of his stuff that he's worked on personally, and it blew, blew my mind. So I'm looking okay. at this artist, and, and what's interesting about him as an artist from my standpoint is that he thinks very, very, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but like he thinks very extremely visually and musically um, for somebody like me who loves music and for somebody like you who also loves music, there's something about the way he does things and also very theatrically. And we'll get into all of that stuff when we get to the stuff that I'm talking about personally, how I know Ray, but like, that's why I think Ray is just like some dope ass shit. 
Now, I'm, I'm sure well, of this. I'm sorry, Ray. Please, please, please. I was going to say, that was a beautiful introduction, man. That's, <laughs> that's very kind of you. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And it was interesting in that introduction when you were talking about him thinking musically and theatrically. The only thing that occurred to me is that the other people I know that think this way and work this way, sometimes they're called DJs. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Let's continue. I'm just, I just want the audience to have that context. <laughs> right? Just whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You know, the lights and all that. Um, sure. All right. I have so many questions, but I'm trying not to rush ahead because I sure, do sure, this. Sure. Cool. Because I do this. So can I go back to the original question I asked? Yes, you can. Sure. Okay. Um, so now, thank, Otto, thank you for that additional context. Ray, um, at what point did you, did you start to think in these terms? I know it's going to sound like a broad question, and I'm going to qualify mm. it by saying I spent a long time playing music in bands and writing songs and you know, mm. doing some jingle singing and stuff. And when I think about that creative outlet, I started doing that when I was like two or three years old. I remember being in the car with my parents mm. and then just writing songs in my head or humming songs. And I have a yeah. daughter now. And I see she does that when we're going places. Wow. So for you, how did this, like, uh, the, I guess the beginning of that process start for you? Sure. I remember it um, very particularly, actually. I was around the age of 12. Uh, I was an extremely shy kid. Mm -hmm. um, grew up in North London, working class family, second generation Indian family. And um, I remember being at school. And I remember being in class with this blonde-haired like, kid who was a friend of mine, but he was an actor. Mm. Now, this kid got so much attention in school, yep. and I got zero. So it, I remember it clearly coming from a place of wanting significance. Like, I had no significance. This guy had significance. He had attention from the girls. He had attention from everyone, from teachers even. Right. And I remember going home one day to my parents and saying, I want to be an actor. I'd never thought, thought about it before. I just knew that I was searching for the same significance that this kid had. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents turned around and they, I never forget it. They said, I remember it so clearly that they said to me, look, Ray, we can do that for you. But you're incredibly shy. You don't speak to anyone. How are you going to be an actor? <laughs> and uh, I just said, I really want to do it. I, I, I believe I can do it. And so, you know, they were always incredibly supportive of me and anything I wanted to do and so they phoned around local drama schools and eventually they came across one that said yeah tell Ray to come down on a Sunday and come and watch so I remember nervously going there on that first Sunday and I remember seeing it sitting at the back of the room and uh watching all these extrovert kids you yeah. know yeah. and 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 they were they were singing acting dancing and I remember being incredibly uncomfortable, but and and and, and completely not interested in, in in the song and dance side of it. But when I watched these kids get up and start acting, I was just like, there was something so powerful about it, and it was moving me. And uh, and I stuck it out, I guess. And I went back the next week, and I just went, I just kept going back, and it became less and less uncomfortable for me. And uh, and then I realized. It was in some way my calling because I was just so mesmerized by the idea of stepping out of 
outside of who I was as a person and becoming someone else. Oh. And uh, it was just powerful. It was powerful, powerful. And I never got any parts. These, this, this, this drama school, per se, used to, used to put on performances every year. And I would never get anything because I couldn't sing and I couldn't dance. Right. And they were mainly musicals that would go on. And then one, one year they decided they were going to put up on a, on a straight up play. And uh, I got given this part. No, I, 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 I tell a lie. It was a musical that they put on. Mm. And, uh, but they just said to me, look, Ray, we're, we're going to give you, I believe it was a chorus line. It was a chorus line. That's right. And uh, they said, Ray, we're going to strip all the, act, the, the singing and dancing side from you because you, you, you're clearly not good oh. at it. <laughs> but there was this, there's, I think it's a character of Paul, if I remember correctly, but he has this like two page monologue where he basically comes out on stage uh, and he, he comes out, you know, yeah. and I was a 13 year old, 14 year old kid. And they gave me this part. They cut most of the, the, the singing and dancing for the character, or at least put me at the back of the stage. Yeah. And then when I came out to do this monologue and it's just me alone talking to the director in the play, and I came out in front of the audience and I did this monologue and I delivered it. And for the first time, now this never happened in rehearsals leading up to this. I delivered this monologue. And as I started delivering it, I began to cry. Ooh. Then I looked out in the audience and I saw the audience crying. Wow. And I had this like feeling and I've got like goosebumps as I say it right yeah. now. I just knew in that moment that I was, this had to be my life. This had to be my career. This is what I had to do for a living. I was, something was happening to me that I couldn't control. I was in the moment. I was really present. And uh, these tears came from nowhere. And then I watched how I was moving the audience. And I was like, I that feeling. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this as a career. And I just knew it was like that, that, that flash of lightning moment, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and I never had it in me to be a performer. I wasn't that kid that was performing for right. my parents and their friends at home. I really wasn't. I was incredibly shy. Mm. And I still am to a certain extent. But when I came out of myself and I became someone else, it was different. And, uh, and yeah, and that was, that was my um, light bulb moment. Yeah, I remember wow. you telling me that story. Remember we went on a hike, like you, me, and Mark, uh, Ivan. Yes. Here. Uh, yes, yes, that story. Um, you know, when when you told the story, what I realized is that, um, like, I, I think I I glossed over the fact that your parents were supportive, and I I'm I'm just curious because mm -hmm. um, we're all children of immigrants. We're all I feel mm. like first generation people in the countries that we were born in, yep. and we all have that same immigrant. Um, um, relationship with our parents and when I went off to be an actor my parents were initially like what the hell but then very supportive for West mm. African parents which is like I feel like a rarity so do you feel like your parents being like completely accepted of you being an actor is is that like an um is that an aberration or did you was that like is that the norm it was complete it was it wasn't the norm it was unusual and I'm cr incredibly thankful and supportive you know, thankful to them for that. Um, but I look back at my peers and, and, and friends at the time, and they were being pushed into things that they weren't happy with doing. Right. Yeah. And um, 
And but I, I and I still I've never really spoken to my parents about why, but they were incredibly supportive. I mean, my mum was born here in England, mm-hmm. and my dad came here when he was seventeen. Okay. Um, and so I don't know if that has something to do with it, but they were really supportive. I remember going through a period. There was what, at one point where you know my dad was always like you know study, 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 yeah. and, and there was yep. a point where. I was, it, there was a, I remember one moment where I was doing this in my, in my, in my spare time, but then at school, there was a moment where we, where we flipped from sort of studying, I don't know what it all is now, it's from change, but we were GCSEs and then we go into our, our A-levels and before A-levels, I was able to, um, I, I had an opportunity to maybe go to college and study performing arts or go the more academic route and uh, do my A-levels. And I remember my dad at that point, sitting me down and saying, look, you're doing your acting stuff in your spare time, but let's get the academic side. So you have always something to fall back on. Let's do that. I, he gave me the advice. He, he never forced me to do it, but he gave me the advice that I should do that and the performing arts stuff can come later. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in some ways, I look back, I mean, I flunked those exams anyway, because I just knew at that point, I knew, I, I, I knew at that point what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, but like, I look at the trajectory, trajectory of my career and the path, the, all these things that happened, I feel like they were kind of meant to happen in some way. Um, and I was, I just feel like I was led on the right, on the right path. Yeah, I, I always find that interesting, um, especially with sort of the shared experience. I, I, you know, Kwaku, if I may, I feel like your parents initially weren't as like cool with you being a musician, right? Oh, it was or, like, it was like, a, it took 15 to 20 years for them yeah. to be like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I, um, you, you know, be generous. <laughs> you were being really nice. It literally yeah. took like, um, I, I, I did this commercial jingle and it was during a SAG strike. And so they paid me as if I were four people. And so, you know, like the first month I got like 15 K in the mail and checks and my parents were like, women, how long did this take? you?" I was like, Oh, it was, you know, it was like three hours, like three hours, (laughs) you know? And so it was very much this first generation of, Oh, well this, this is lucrative. So we accept this now. You know, yeah. or like playing it, bam. But before that, and I got it, my, you know, and a lot of parents, and now I'm a parent, so I get it. My dad, he won the scholarship to, uh, both of our parents are from Ghana. When um, he won the scholarship to travel from um, Ghana to Kansas City to go study. And so he lived, you know, he moved there. He didn't know anybody. He had, he had all these friends who were jazz musicians in the 60s. And so mm-hmm. he saw the lives that these guys were leading. And, you know, they're, you know, they're dudes, definitely doing heroin or drinking too much. And there was a part of him that I think that really loved music, but associated that lifestyle, like that level of whatever you call it, like in Otto and I will go back and forth, this level of uh, martyrism or like controlled madness or pushing yourself and tying it to substances and that lifestyle with that creativity. And I get as a parent, he, you know, he would be like, well, I don't, I don't want you to have this life. He'd come to shows and he's, he'd say, well, I saw you drinking something out of a red cup. What was that? And, and wow. I'd be like, man, that was amazing. And even that the description, Ray, that you had, the idea of being 
out of your body, but also present and just yeah. feeling like, you know, the world is spinning and, and things are happening. And sometimes, especially if you're shy and I can relate to that too, you never feel quite lockstep in with the moment with other people. You feel like you're watching things happen as a voyeur, as Absolutely. opposed to being that person who is in that moment with everyone else. And then something mm -hmm. like this happens where you're like, when, no joke, literally when you told your story, I started to tear up. So I was like, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And when you hit that and you, and you want, and you want people to resonate with, or you want to even discuss it afterwards. And then it's more about, well, that's dangerous. Or what were you drinking? Like it takes a while to work through that with your, you know, with mm -hmm. your parents. And so bringing this back to you after yeah. that initial performance, and then you were you were crying. Other people were crying. How did your parents react to that? Like you know, when you saw them after the show. Yeah, I remember I had a director come up to me. I haven't relived this story for a long time, but I remember now as we speak about it. So, so many people were coming up to me, and I remember my parents seeing that. But I remember there was particularly a director that had watched me, and she came over and she was so moved. And she invited me to be in her play. Wow. And my parents saw that and witnessed that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was such a big thing. It was yeah. someone outside of that, 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 that drama school bubble that I was in who was moved by what I did and came out and told me I was brilliant and that she would like me to be in her play. And um, I, think, I think that was the moment because I'd done little things for the drama school leading up to that point, small parts in, you know, things. And my parents would always come and support, but I think that was the moment where they saw, like, I, it was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and as I say, they never really held me back anyway, but it was just like, that was a moment where it was just like, okay, this boy needs to do this. Like, yeah. you know. Oh. And it's the powerful thing about that is that, you know, you were doing it. It, it I mean, you you started on that journey looking for that validation the way that we all do, like with, amongst mm. our peers. And then you stumbled. It's like you're looking for a drink of water and you stumble upon this like beautiful hidden waterfall, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. And it feels that powerful. And you're like, and what do other people? And other people are coming up and being like, this place is amazing. You found this place. It was like beyond the validation that you even started looking for in the first yeah. place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I look at it kind of, I have, uh, you know, I'm quite spiritual, I have a spiritual mindset and, and uh, I just think, wow, it's like through some of my, my most pain growing up and my most traumatic moments of myself and who I am led to my greatest calling in some way. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And I look at all these significant moments and it was, you know, it all tends to come from a place of like, these significant moments always tend to come from a place where I could have looked back on it at the time and gone, that's a really painful moment, but ended up being yes. like yeah. something so powerful in the end. Yeah. Like my weakness ended up becoming my strength. Yeah. 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 And I, I think what, what I find, because I always love this part of the Radio Zamunda, we call it the origin story, because I'm always like, what is the constellation of events that you know, that I came in to meet Ray and like, how did like, so I, I meet this person that I've known for like now eight, nine, 10 months. Right. And so like this sort of unique person, this, this entity in the world that's different from all the other entities in the world. How did that person get to this moment right now, which is really fascinating to me. And, um, 
I'm going to like sort of put a couple of ideas together because like from talking to everybody that we've brought on Radio Zamunda, um, I love those seemingly flash in the pan moments where it's like this person stumbles into something that they didn't know about themselves and discover mm. it on stage or, you know, playing a guitar or, we, or, or drawing something. We have all kinds of artists here. Um, I mean, I remember the first time I did a stage play in college and it was the same thing. I was like, what? Holy crap. And I didn't immediately become an actor, but like when I found myself like a couple of years later in an acting class, having studied uh, engineering through college, I suddenly found a place that for through no explanation, I belonged. Like that first day sitting in intro to acting class, I'm an engineer. So I'm like, what are these people doing? You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea how acting is taught. Like, what is an acting school? But I'm sitting in one. But it's like, suddenly it was like, I belong here, right? And I, and I love that, like, your parents were so... Supportive. Sort of, oh, yeah, but it's like, what, what I'm thinking of is like, I, I obviously, I don't have any children, and I've never really appreciated, even having the parents that I have, what it must be like to have this child that is like full of all this potential, and you want this child to be protected, right? You yes. want this child to go on and be safe and have enough money and resources. So obviously, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer, be something that I know that you're going to be safe, right? Yeah. But for a parent to be like, all right, this is what you want to do? Cool. At, at, at 10, at 13, and like just like let them find themselves, I think is something that's incredible to have, especially back, we're all around the same age. So especially back, you know, then it was set like, it was like, if you're not going to be a doctor, right? right. <laughs> you're mm. going to be starving. You're going to be a heroin addict, uh, musician, right? right? And right. So right. It, I, you know, I, I really don't, there's no question in there. I just, I just find that part of the story um, fascinating because what is it like to have a person that is your dependent, depending on everything, and you're essentially trying to push them out of the house in a way, in a, in a healthy way. You, know? <laughs> you, can't, you know? can't stay here forever. I like yeah, you now. Yeah. So, yeah. like, do this, and, and I guess that's what I'm saying, do this scary thing that we have no idea about. Like, my parents aren't actors or anything right. like that. Right. Like, they can't actually help me in the business, right? And so I, I just find that fascinating that they were as supportive as my parents were in that endeavor where there is absolutely no guarantee, especially in our business for any kind of success whatsoever. That's incredible. Yeah. No. Even talking about it now is making me realize like maybe I haven't, I haven't really appreciated just hearing you say that I haven't fully appreciated it. Maybe I've taken it for complete granted, but uh, yeah, they were incredibly supportive. It was not like we ever came from money or anything like that, knowing that I had something to fall back on because we really didn't, you know. Um, but what I do know is that my dad, you know, he came here when he was 17 and, you know, with not very much money in his pocket and he mm. had to work hard. And maybe there's, and I look at my dad now and not that he'll ever admit it or uh, like, I, I, I look at him. And I do wonder, and I've never really spoken or gone deep into this really, but um, I look at him and he may draw a little sketch or he may do something. I watch him do certain things. I think you are quite creative. And I wonder, right, right. and I wonder, and I wonder if that was 
something within him that was never really fulfilled and or explored and and I was able to to you know he appreciated what I was trying to do um but I do notice bits of creativity in my dad and I'm like because we always say like um and it turns out my brother and sister are in the in- industry in different ways as well not as a performers but and we always say like how did you all three end up in media like how? Yeah, yeah. and um and because we're like no one in our family is but I do look at my dad and then go and and I go yeah there is some creativity in there and when he talks about my my grandmother that I I uh, died when I was young um she was very creative as well so um I wonder if there's a connection yeah 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 now you're making me think my mom was always great an illustrator like she used to have like these pictures that she would just draw uh and for her it was just like what she did right but like i don't think like she had the thought of oh maybe i could be an illustrator or a painter or anything like that mm. but she drew so well and then i could draw really well when i was young my brother could as well and it was always like you know yeah that's the stuff you do on the side you know what i mean like you know yeah it's, it's cool yeah it's not wanna, a thing yeah yeah it's a yeah. thing that you right so it's interesting that those those people were still able like my parents were still able to go all right you want you want to be an actor okay okay you know and just be supportive of that um I I, you know I don't mean to you know harp on that I just find it I think it's because Kwaku gave me a book called Range yes let's do it birthday a couple of, of of weeks ago and this book um this book I think the author's name is David Epstein but it's it it almost goes against I feel like what we all understand that we're supposed to do in childhood like hyper focus oh you want to be a soccer player okay you've got to work all the time at playing soccer and do nothing else in your life and if that's what you want to do you have to dedicate your life to it or or like you want to be anything right that's what you do you specialize and you hyper specialize but what this book has found is that if you just sort of allow yourself to play and allow yourself like life to find who you are by just a a range of experimentation. So let them do the play, let them study math, let them do this, let them do that, let them pick up an instrument and life sort of shows you who you are. Now, Kwaku knows that I'm the least spiritual person between him and I, right? What? You're about to have a big reveal right here. (laughs) 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 But, but I I guess what it, what it's that, that book sort of, and in this conversation and the many conversations we've had with the artists that we've talked to over the years is that, you know, that there's a way that life sort of shows you or or allows you to find who you are, right? As long as you're open and you experiment. Like, you know, I say my calling is an actor. Like, it just feels natural. There's no way that I know how to explain it other than like, yeah, this is what just feels natural. I don't know what in my DNA, like found it, but I'm just lucky that I was open enough to be able to like explore and figure things out. I feel like if I came from a a family of actors, I probably would have ended up as an engineer because there's something in me that's like, you know, I'm always trying to do the opposite of things. I don't know why. Um, And so I I think that's a lovely way to do it. And when I look at Ray, or at least the little that I know of Ray, I feel that there is that sort of openness to explore and to try things with you. I might be lying, but like the the things that I've seen you do 
um, artistically because the other thing that Ray is is a is a fantastic director and a fantastic storyteller mm. and um, there's just a sort of a natural way that you visually tell stories as a director the things that I've seen you do that I just remember <laughs> there was this one time where Ray showed me um, Ray was like oh hey man just um this I just got this um short film that I did. Hey, if you can watch it, cool. Like he, he, he asked us to watch it and I was like, cool, right? And I was watching it in my trailer during a break, right? And so I, I have it on my little phone and I'm watching it. And like from the first literal frame, I'm like, holy shit, right? Because you know, we're all actors, we're all performers, you know? So like somebody says, hey, listen to my music. You're like, ah, oh, cool. Right. And it's usually good. But this time I was like, I was riveted. And it was about a 10 minute, movie and I'm like holy shit and and knowing that Ray when he explained it he was like yeah me and my 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 friends and my producer partners or whatever we just threw this together right so I'm like threw it together <laughs> I'm right. looking at it right and I'm like holy crap but anyway I think I'm getting ahead of myself okay okay I get excited for myself and <laughs> <laughs> I get excited I for you getting excited for yourself yeah, by yeah. the way <laughs> I enjoy that part all right yes <laughs> all right <laughs> okay so uh, man rain me in we are let's I want to hear more I mean I have a, I have a lot of questions but I'm, I want to hear more yep. so you you know you um you were in this play initially 40 uh, uh, chorus line you had this powerful moment mm. where you connected mm. emotionally with an audience on a stage, which I feel like mm. they're performers who do it for years and they get lost in, in the tactical side of things and they never have that epiphany. You know, it's like never having like yeah. an orgasm or something. Um, and so, and then you move forward, you were talking about, and you're, it's amazing when like people from the UK talk about their school process because I'm like, you might as well be talking, you know, about fixing a car. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what A levels, I like how Otto yeah. and I were both nodding, like, yeah, the A levels, man. I kind of, as I was saying it, I'm like, they have no idea. They have no idea what I'm talking about. We were very Light about it though. We're like, yeah, that was wrong. Yeah, yeah. So. Your silence spoke. Your silence spoke. So okay, you uh, you progress through. Um, you don't stop, I guess, academically to go directly into performing arts. You progress through to do the academic side because your your dad specifically is like, hey, I want you to do this. Where what happens after that? So you 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 go into you yeah. go into this. You didn't necessarily do as well in the tests. What where did your journey take you after that point? And then I from that moment, so I, I leave school, and then I'm frustrated. So my 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 drama school, my little weekend stage school, so to speak, uh, they had an agency affiliated to them. So uh, some of the kids would be signed up to the agency and we'd go up for small bits of work professionally. Yeah. And uh, so I was on this agency and nothing was ever, was really coming in. And I then leave school and I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I'm like, I want to act. And like, how do I act now? Now, what do I do? And the occasional, and I'd go up for, I'd go up for the very occasional audition. And uh, I would never get it. I would never get it. And uh, a lot of, I was feeling very despondent. And it got to a point where I was like, I can't just keep chasing this dream. What am I going to do with my life? Um, and then I considered going to university, but I knew there was nothing at university that really interested me. Yeah. I had no one to really 
speak to me about going to drama school or is that the next step? I was still so naive. I didn't know. I just knew I had this calling. This is what I, what I wanted to do. And I think the thought of doing drama school for a few years would have frightened me off anyway. Um, and so I end up getting a job, getting a job and I work this job in a bank. Um, I can't even imagine. Dude, it. I'm dude, just going to pause I you really it. quickly. I did, I did say yeah. accountant, right? And tax attorney. I'm just, hey, see how, boom. see how these things are coming together. I just, I just, you know I just want to point that out to You're everyone right. on the call and the You're audience. Right. I'm just, okay, please continue. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so I get this job. It, and, and, and forgive me if I'm getting things a little, the timeline's a little bit wrong here, but it's all good. Um, I, get this, I get this job in a bank and I'm working in this bank uh, for, I don't know, maybe a year. And I'm sitting at the, in this back office uh, processing checks. Oh. And I am just every day coming in, doing this nine to five job and just frustrated, just being like, and this is not what I'm made for. I was not yeah. made to sit at a desk doing this. And I remember feeling incredibly, incredibly frustrated. And every day was the same, but I just couldn't get myself out of this rut. I didn't know what to do. I needed an agent, an, an, an adult agent, a, a proper agent. Right. But how was I going to get one when I had very little work to show? And um, I remember, and then I get a gig, and then I get a gig. Right, mm -hmm. I get this short film, mm -hmm. and um, I go up for the audition, and they offer it to me, and I'm this small part in the short film with another group of kids, and I, the incredible director, and this film does the circuit, and it plays at festivals, and I remember just feeling like this sense of like, yeah, like I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And I get the short film, but I'm still working this job. Mm -hmm. And then that director from the short film goes on to do uh, a, 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 a small segment of a larger film. It was 10 shorts coming together to make a feature. And he calls me back in for that. Nice. And I remember that I couldn't, um, I, <laughs> there's a funny story. So uh, the film was a film called Tube Tales. It was about uh, tales of the underground system. So people had told their tr written into a magazine, told their true stories of incidences that had happened in the London underground system, and they were being made. The ten best were picked, and they were being made into films. Yeah, yeah. This group of amazing ten directors. So this director calls you back and says, "I've been uh, asked to make one of these films." Now I'm working uh, in 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 the bank, and I try and get out of work to do this movie, and it's like nah. You can't, you have to leave this job. Like that, it's like, I've got to pick one or the other. Yeah, wow. So, but, but like, I'm, so I need to survive. Like how am I going to earn money and this and that. How old are you um, at this point? Oh, I can't remember, maybe about 19. Okay, yeah, yep. Right, 18, 19 maybe. And um, I, so I decide to, uh, the only way I can do this is to go sick and shoot this movie. <laughs> wow. That's so this is the only way I can navigate this, oh right? Oh my god. This and is... I didn't get on I didn't get on with my manager. Like like I didn't get on with him. Like I, he disliked me, man. Like we like 
I don't, yeah, anyway. And, <laughs> and, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to just go sick. So I, and then you will not believe, like the tube station Stop it. that we were filming in. Stop it. No, stop it. The tube station that we were filming in stop. was right next door to the branch. Oh, wow. Dude, I was like, so I'm shooting this movie and like every day at five o'clock when people was like rush hour was starting to come through, I was hiding. And people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't, don't worry, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. And I just, like no one in that, that worked in that, in that bank, in, 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 in the branch could see me because otherwise I was going to lose my job. And so I have never told that story before. I've completely forgotten about it. But yeah, so it was, I was, so I was filming this movie right next to, out of all the London underground stations there were, it was right next door to the branch in central London. And how many days shooting were you? Right. I think it was about a week. I think it was about a week. So you're so out you there right? for a week. Yeah. Yeah. They're setting up a scene and you're like, all right, hey guys, excuse me, I need to go hide in the bathroom dude, for like 40 yeah, minutes. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm thinking back to it now. I'm like, but I had no choice. It was a matter of survival. I was like, this is what my heart wants to do. But my, my brain tells me that I need to keep this job. And so, so I did that. And so they were two bits of work that I had essentially to be my showreel now. And so I continue working at the bank and I'm still feeling frustrated because I'm like, but I still need to get an agent because like, this child agency can only take me to a certain stage. Right. Well, I need to be doing this for a living. And I'll never forget one of my dear friends, John. Uh, he is frustrated with me moaning about it all the time. Calls me over one day. I had a day off work, I believe, or maybe it was a Saturday. He calls me to his house and he's like, I'm fed up with hearing like you being frustrated about this. We're going to sit here all day. We're going to get your photos together. We're going to type up your CV. Wow. We're going to get, we're going to put these bits of these clips together and we're going to send this off to agents. And I don't want to hear about, it. we're going to send it to every agent in London wow. and we're going to, and we're going to see what happens. And so, I, and I look back again as that being another pivotal point in my life, because I don't know if I ever would have done it. Like he forced me that day to sit in his house and do that. Yeah, And we wrote to every agent in the UK and I got rejected from everyone pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Saw that guy. Right? Damn. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then it was back in the days, there was no email. This was like you, I had to write to them. And, um, and then one response from an agent who said, um, I'd love to, I'd love to meet with you. Yeah. And I'm like, Great. So I go and see this agent all these years ago. Wow. Just thinking back at these stories, they're amazing. But, um, and so I go, go and meet this agent and I have the most incredible meeting. I'm incredibly nervous, but I have an amazing meeting with her and I'm thinking she wants to sign me. She wants to sign me. Oh, my life's going to change. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. And then at the end of the meeting, she goes, Right. Uh, well, I need to just discuss this with everyone, um, but we'll let you know. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh. okay, okay. 
And so I leave there completely despondent. I was like, that was an amazing meeting, but essentially she didn't offer me nothing. So I don't think that's happening. Yeah. And so I leave and I'm like, another one bites the dust. And then a few days later, I get a phone call from her and she says, Ray, we'd love to represent you. Absolutely. Man. Would you believe that agent is still my agent to yes. this day? Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, that, that she took a chance on me all those years ago. Shout out to Dawn, who's, who's incredible. And um, she took a chance on me all those years ago. And we are still together ever since. And, uh, and the very first audition she sent me up for, I got. And that was the beginning of me, like, doing this full time. Wow. There's, there's so much. There. First, there is so much there. I'm going to back up and I'm just going to, I want to point a couple of things out. You are shooting a movie about people's amazing stories in the underground. And as you're shooting yeah. it, the story of what you're doing is also amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like, when awesome. you started, when you started telling a story, I was like, wait a minute, is this a movie that you're describing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've never told that. I've never vocalized that story before, you know. I've, I've never told that story. But, yeah, it's absolutely true. I've, my luck, it was just unbelievable that we were filming directly. And, I mean, next door. Like, yeah. the branch was next door to the bank. And you don't know someone's leaving work early to go to the dentist or something? You never know. And some, you're just, because you have that 19-year-old, okay, well, it's this time. This is when I'll get caught. So, I, you know. Yeah, anything could have happened. So th there's that too, like the the um, the uh, the almost Shakespearean battle that you're having at this time between like your head and your heart, as yeah. far as what you should do with your body, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and and you know like and i'm picturing you know because as you're telling the story i'm just visualizing this this gray room there's no windows there's halogen lights and there's like a check machine and there's some fat guy standing over you like no that's not right <laughs> and you're, you're like, not far off you're not far off and you're like well this is this is what i'm supposed to be doing and this is like, and it's almost like you had to, like, back to the um, the book that Otto was talking about, because it's like, I'm still reading it. Otto, I gave it to him and he read it in like a day. Um, but this, the idea of like that tapping into your experience or that helping to shape the experience or the narrative of the life that you wanted to lead, but also using that as inspiration. And I mean, because the way Otto describes you and how visual and how lyrical you are with either the work that you're doing or the work that you're creating. It's like, it's, to me, it almost feels like, cool, I'm using this as inspiration of the color scheme that I'm not going to add to the, to the painting of my life. And everything is going to be these super bright colors. And it's going to, wow. and, and I have to have these moments where I'm locking in or I'm connecting with people because I've seen the other side and that's scary. It's like people go to prison, you know, as teenagers and the police are like, well, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to end up here that was your bank job mm. <laughs> and you're like i'm mm. never going back yeah. to jail again that's right man that's a, that's a good way of putting it that's right absolutely uh, you know in these things you know when i when i think about like earlier when i sort of started going off on that my rant on um sort of the constellation of events and the yep. things that sort of happen that bring us to where we are and i always go like if we had a time machine Right, and and you already said this uh, when you were explaining this. If if your friend hadn't 
forced you to like sit down, take all those pictures and all that stuff. Or for example, if uh, my best friend hadn't told me that the one audition I went on for um, this Scorsese flick years, years ago when I started first mm -hmm. acting and I, I messed that audition up and I thought, oh, this is, my life is over. I'm not going to be an actor. And then my friend was like, are you kidding? Like you were, that's, that was 10 minutes of your life. That can't be your entire dream is done, right? Um, like if those things didn't happen, uh, we wouldn't be who we are. And I wonder, and this is like a general question for everybody, the people who aren't doing what they are meant to do, is it because they sort of missed by one degree that mm. friend that called Ray and said, yeah. hearing you say this, blah, you know what I mean? Is there, is, is, there, is there something working all of this together, these pieces together, and then sometimes some, someone just misses that one train. If you got on that first subway train, instead mm. of being two minutes late, you would have met that person that would have made you act or sure, whatever right. it is, you know? I, 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 that's just a general question, existential question, I guess. I, 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 I don't know if maybe as we talk further and we get more into my story, but I believe that there were points where I went off path mm -hmm. and yes. I was brought back on. I was brought back on. And so I find that interesting. And then that then offers up the question is like, if it is some sort of destiny, do you always end back up? Do you always back end back on that path? I don't know, but right. I certainly know as we talk further and I'll explain to you when we get to those moments, but there was moments where I jumped back on a path that almost seemed like that path was impossible. And, and uh, yeah. Right. That's, that's interesting too. Cause even, I mean, as you said that, I'm like, well, we wouldn't even be talking to Ray right now. If my friend Megan didn't say, Hey, you guys should start a podcast. It's not like you and I were hanging out and we're like, yeah, we really get along. And so obviously a podcast is the next step mm -hmm. for us in our friendship. Ray, what you don't know is like Kwaku and I are like kind of related, right? Like both our parents come from Ghana right. and I was yeah. doing a show called vinyl and Kwaku is a, is an accomplished musician and all that. And he was an extra on the show that I was on and I was a, hmm. a musician and Kwaku pay, played the, the, my bassist for like a day, right? Yep. And yeah. he, I walk into the, the rehearsal meeting the band for the first time and he's wearing a Ghana um, um, World Cup jersey and it was during the World Cup and you know, I love the World Cup. So I was hmm. like, hey, World Cup, man, Ghana, hey, you from Ghana? And he was like, no, nah, my parents are. I was like, same thing. So we sort of like connected at that point and then I thought, I forget how we just started hanging out, but find out when we're hanging out that our parents know each other. No way. Where when my parents have had this annual huge party that mm -hmm. they throw in Ghana mm -hmm. that his parents go to because I think my dad and his dad or uncle went to the all same three. school. All three. All three. Yeah, they yeah. all went to the same school. So like I've been to that party in Ghana a bunch of times at the end of the year. Wow. His parents or his uncles have been there unbeknownst to me. So they, the, the next time I went to the party, I was like, Hey man, is this your uncle? And we just took a picture together and I sent it to him from Ghana. And it's like all of these things so connected. Oh, you're leaving and out then, the best part. You're leaving out the best part. Oh, what's the best part? My uncle and I share the same exact name. 
Oh yes. So he's so he's he sends me a picture over Christmas and he's and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. my uncle Kwaku. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, my I mean dad, that's insane. Boy, yeah, it's crazy, right? Look at the beauty in that man. I don't know. There's just something so much bigger and that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then we had a friend like Atu has this really amazing friend who's actually a really great bassist, and years ago, my band opened up for his band like two or three times. And so Atu, right. I think theoretically might have even been at the show, but you know, you don't ever pay attention to the opening band. And so, and so we are sitting on that couch or like in Atu's living room, mm-hmm. interviewing this guy and he's talking about his band for this podcast. And I'm like, wait a minute, you get, were there two girls in the band? It was like a family band. He's like, yeah, I'm like, I played with you guys like three or four times. Yeah. And, and, no way. and this, is Atu, this is like one no of Atu's way. best friends. Yeah, and this is like 10 years before Kwaku and I have ever met. So right. like we we actually technically met 10 years before we even knew each other. You know what I mean? Because I kind of remember that show. I remember going to see that show. I remember there was an opening band. But like you say, you don't really remember the opening band until 10 years later, you meet the guy and you go, oh yeah, we were all at that concert together. Because I yes. think I was like emceeing it at some point. Or maybe something, that point. something. It was, but you, you were definitely, because there were these details about the show that you knew about. Yeah. You know, and the final piece was that when I met him on vinyl, we, we lived three blocks away from each other. Oh yeah. So I would just come over and be like, hey, let's listen to records or you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, like I said, like I'm like the like I'm like the the freaking the heathen, right? Like I'm like I don't know how this works, uh, whatever, right? But like I think of things like that, and I go, well, if you weren't wearing the Ghana exactly t-shirt, we never would have talked. We we, we would have would we have yeah. talked? No, I don't know. Who you talks know? to extras? Let's be honest. Who talks and then to- and then how far do you take it back? It's like what made him wear that t-shirt that day? Like right. what yeah. went through his head that what triggered you to put that t-shirt on i mean it's just i don't know so sometimes i think the the, the greatest story being told is being narrated by something right. so much more it's powerful man design. it's like yes it's, crazy. it's a story yeah. man it's a story yeah i don't know yeah like if ray's friend however many years ago hadn't forced him to put all those pictures together i wouldn't know ray Right, I maybe I'd be in this television show right now with some other dude, right? Well, that's <laughs> that's just nonsense. It was always yeah. going to be right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I find those you know existential questions. I I find them fascinating, and like you know to bring it back to our you know the stuff. I I I never get sick of like knowing, like the I, I guess the person of people are what they are is the experiences that they've collected over the years right and it's like yeah maybe ray would have stayed at the bank he would have been would he be ray the ray we know no he wouldn't be because he would have a completely different set of experiences right right um and so now i'm getting you know okay i'm gonna bring you back i'm gonna bring you back no 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 no. i'm just saying like i you know i I, like i told ray at the beginning i had an edible yesterday so i was like (laughs) Really good. So maybe this is just the residual because now I'm getting into like parallel universes. Maybe there is the Ray in a parallel universe who stayed at the bank. Maybe there's an Atu in a parallel universe that stayed in chemical engineering, a Kwaku yeah. who never sang a note. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just, you know, one of the infinite iterations of ourselves in other uh, universes. But right. that's just me, you know, maybe that's the edible. 
No, I mean, <laughs> yesterday, I'm not high now. <laughs> he thinks. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us back to the story. Please, I'm, yes, I'm going to bring us back to the story. All right, so yeah. you find this agent. Um, you send out, what, 30, 40, one person calls you back. You only need the one. You connect yeah. with them. The first gig you apply for or uh, you audition for, you get. This is still your mm -hmm. agent. So now you're, I, I'm assuming there's this point where you're progressing. You're like, great. I don't need to be at this bank anymore. I'll see you later. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm yeah. getting to work. You're you're getting to work on gigs or and and act. And because I know in the beginning, I'll to mention that you're you know there's the filmmaker side to what you mm. do as well. But up until now, we've just talked about you and your artistry as far as like connecting to the world as an actor and knowing mm. that that's your calling. How as you're you know you're going through these uh, these uh, opportunities these jobs you're gaining credits sure. at what point do you start to pivot to think about all right well I want to it, it it's great to be a player within these roles and Anto's talked about writing plays versus mm -hmm. being an actor and and that and tapping into that other side of creativity what how how did you pivot or add that to the uh, the skill set that you that you currently have yeah so i was i knew there was always a sense of frustration at the roles that i was going up for quite early on i realized like i'm just happy first of all i'm happy to work like this is what i love doing and and i'm happy to be doing this but i was sensible enough to know that there was a limit to, to what i could play i was young brown skin mm -hmm. and i knew that i was never really going to be a leading actor it just it was very unlikely that i was going to be a leading actor mm -hmm. and so within me i knew like i think i can be like i think i can be and uh but i was never going to get those opportunities so the filmmaking side really came from a place of frustration and going well if I'm not going to be given these roles, then maybe I should start creating them and, and proving to people that I can do them and make myself undeniable. So to take it back a little bit, I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing okay. Like I'm going up for these auditions. I, I get a small roles in some, some big films and like everything's amazing. Like what films? And then, what, what were some of those? So, so I was like, so I was like, um, in in uh, a, a movie with Sasha Baron Cohen, mm -hmm. he did, like his character Ali G. They did a movie, and I I, I was in that, and then I was in uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, which Danny Boyle directed. And um, but I remember just going like, I'm never going to be the main guy, and um, so I'm just sort of ticking along. And then this uh, TV show makes me an offer. And I knew it wasn't me, and I knew it wasn't where I wanted to go as an artist and an actor. But I'm like, I have to really think about this series. It was like a soap, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and I knew inside of me that like, this is not what I want to do. But who am I to, to question yeah. when I can get to do what I love doing every single day? Um, and who am I to be a snob about it um, when I know there's very limited opportunities for me in film to be that main guy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, but my heart was saying something else. That's what my head was saying, but my heart was saying, it doesn't feel right. And so I 
had an incredible, incredibly hard decision to make. And I battled with it for a long time. And, and, and I resisted it at first and said, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and said, well, what if we pay him this much money? Wow. And I went, no, I really don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, people around me are like, are you crazy? This is the biggest show on television. Like, why would you not do it? Right. Your agent who took a chance on you. So everyone around me, everyone, right. no one could comprehend what was going on in my heart. They're like, are you mad? Like, this right. is like, you've made it. And I'm in my heart. I'm going, no, this isn't me making it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the bank. And then, <laughs> yeah, right. And then they came back again with even more money on the table. And I was like 23 years old. And I went against my heart in that moment Mm -hmm. because I had to think sensibly. I was like, I never grew up with money. Mm -hmm. My dad worked so, so hard. Right. And my like, this could change things. This could help my family. This could change so much. Right. Um, So my head was going, you have to do it. My heart was going, nah. In the end, it's probably one of only two times in my career I've gone with my head and, uh, and I did the job. Mm-hmm. But I made myself one promise. I said, if I'm going to do this job, I'm not going to buy into the celebrity, celebrity culture that comes with it. Right. I promised myself. Like, I'm going to avoid coming out of clubs drunk and all this stuff that I'd seen other people in this show do. do. And, uh, and I said, I'm going to avoid that. But what I'm going to do is with my first wage packet, I'm going to buy a laptop and I'm going to teach myself how to write and produce. Wow. Because if I come out this show Ooh. and I'm typecast, I'm going to create something so yeah. they can put me in that box. Wow. And so I use wow. that. To, I used that to go right. And I remember it, we'd be on set and I would be in my, every spare moment I'd have, I'd go back to my dressing room and I'd be like with my new laptop and I'd be like, right, I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to learn how to, because I know that when I come out of this, ain't no one going to put the finger and say, oh, you're typecast. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that happen. And so I started creating. And then um, the time on the show came to an end. And how long was the show or how long did you work on it? Two years, two years, Mm -hmm. two years. And in that time, I taught myself how to do so much. And I was still young, still so young. And then I was working. Yeah, so 23. So when I came out, it was like 25. But during even during towards the end of it, I was out trying to, to trying to push this script and I was working closely with some other actor friends and my friend had written this incredible script that I was like, dude, this needs to get out to the world. Like this can get made. Like this is groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I I, I, I I believe I was the first person to read it. And I knew straight away that this was this could be potentially culture defining. Mm, wow. Like this was a film about that had never been seen before and it was a film that we never it was about young uh young black kids growing up in london 
and there was nothing in the cinema coming out of the UK for, for oh yeah for, for that group of people right and um and I brought on the director that gave me my first two acting roles when I was a kid the underground guy the, the underground guy wow the short film and then the underground guy and I say um listen, I've got this script. I think it would suit you. I'd love you to have a read. And I remember getting an email, eventually getting an email back and saying, hey, Ray, in LA, uh, getting a film made out here. I'll, I'll let you know when I've, when I've read it. Didn't hear anything for weeks. And then one day I get a response saying, Ray, this is the movie I've been waiting to make for five years. Wow. I'm coming back from LA to get this made. Wow. And so he was on board as a director. I go out trying to hustle this around town in London. Everyone's closing doors on us. And we get to the point where we're like, this is just not going to happen. We're right. just going to, we're going to give ourselves a deadline now. If this doesn't happen by this date, we're done. Mm -hmm. And I had one person in my phone book, one person that I knew that if they wanted to, they could fund this movie. Right. And I was so embarrassed. I was never like, oh, I don't want to ask someone for money to do this. But it was either the case of this film's going on a shelf somewhere and we'll never see the light of day. But I believed in it so much. Or I contact this person and put my embarrassment aside and approach him with a business proposition. So I called this guy who I didn't know very well. Um, I'd met him uh, at an event one time and I'd signed an autograph for his daughter or something and we got on really well and we just swapped numbers and we, and we, we, we stayed in touch. And uh, I contacted him out of the blue and I just said, look, I've got this script. I want to get this movie made. Um, can I come and talk to you about it? Mm -hmm. And he said, right. I mean, he flies around the world. He said, right. I'm in London at the moment. Come and meet me now. Wow. I'm at Harvey Nichols, blah, 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 blah. So I rushed around. I got all the paperwork together. I rushed to go and see him at this, at this, this bar we met in and uh, we spoke and I said, look, I, w I really believe in this film. I believe in the people that are trying to make it. Um, we're trying to raise this amount of money, blah, 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 blah. And I talk him through it mm -hmm. and he takes a script and he says, okay, I'll have a reason. I'll let you know. And right. he's like, right, I want to go out tonight. Where are we going tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, cool, let's, let's hit the town. So we hit the town. And how old are you? Are you still around 23? I'm, I'm like 24. So it's just coming right. to 24, 25. I'm coming to the end of my, what I'm doing in that show. Got it. And it's around the end, end of that time. And then, um, so we go out, we hit the town and we have a few drinks. And at the end of the night, he goes, Ray, let's go for a walk. So we're going for a walk and he says, take the script back. I'm not going to read it. And I'm like, he's like, I don't read scripts. Right. He's like, however, I like you as a person mm. and I like your passion. How much money do you need? What? And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, we need wow. X, 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 X. And he's like, this is like a Friday night. He's like, come and see me, come and see me on Tuesday in my office. Wow. And to cut a very long story short, he ends up financing the movie uh, or at least the, the biggest chunk of it uh, the film gets made and it becomes this culture defining movie in what the movie UK. is this what movie is it's this a film called, it's a film called kid Adulthood. 
and uh, the film goes and it explodes and literally opens up a whole new, probably, arguably, um, the you created the British urban movie, which became its own sort of genre yeah. and shows like Skins and all these big shows that came after Top Boy and like yeah. all yeah. Came, yeah. came from that, came from that. But I just knew the day I read that script, I knew this is going to, Holy it shit! It can change man. the world in some way, man. Yeah. And uh, and like that, that 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 sort of relentless drive to to go like you know I I want I want this to happen because I believe in it and I believed in what uh, Noel had written and and the people that had uh, you know were gonna you were part of it and I believed in it and um and yeah and it and it and it ended up happening. I. Okay, go out, go. No, go. no, no. It's it's a uh, it's incredible. You know, this is some of the things that I I kind of know about you. I didn't know that story, but like yeah. in the the time we shared a tr we we um we had we were in the same not trailer, but we were like in the same truck with two rooms in it. That's not really information anybody really needs to know. But you guys hung out. <laughs> we we hung out, but like I I was around you enough, like going to set with you enough, and like hearing sometimes you on the phone, sounding like you were like you were putting other things together, um, mm. which always surprises me because you're always you, you know you you tell me that like oh I'm a shy guy right, but I'm like here's this 25 year old who cold calls somebody that he like kind of randomly met to say, yeah. hey, man, I want you to finance this film, right? And I feel like that's what you do all the time. And I guess where, where do you get the temerity to do that, right? Mm. Like, I, like there's, there's um, even though you are shy and you are like a cool, humble dude, you have this real, and I think I'm about to answer the question for you, your passion drives you in ways always to find the truth of something, which is, I think, fan fascinating about you. Like somehow you overcome any sort of um, uh, roadblocks because you believe in something so, so much, whether it's the script or the part you have, right? Or like getting a part that you're not big on, but you say, I'm gonna take this money and not waste it. I'm going to actually improve upon who I am and discover even more stuff about you. Because did you know that you were, I guess you didn't, right? You didn't know that you were going to be a director, a producer or anything like that. You know, I don't know if you had any, no. you knew that you no. had any interest in it. It was just like you were presented with this movie and then you want, you said, okay, what do I need to do to get this thing made? Yeah. Right. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Just listening to you speak like this, like still learning about myself so when I hear other people like reflecting on what I've said it makes me understand myself but yeah like the truth is I'm incredibly uncomfortable in certain situations and and it's funny like I maybe my art when I believe in something so much it overpowers the the the, the discomfort yes. I feel to make that phone call because every part of me is like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I'm still like that. But like, because I know and I believe that this piece of art or whatever can change the world in some way. And I know a lot of people say that, but you know what I mean? It's like, I know it can be defining, it can change something. It can change people's opinions. It can change, it can make change in the world. Um, 
it pushes me to go, no, I believe in it so much. I believe in it so much that I have to be really uncomfortable and I have to make this phone call. And it was like me being back as that shy kid in that That's drama school. That's what I was school. thinking. That's what I was yeah. literally I was going to yeah. say that. Like, yes. And it's like, why am I doing this? Because it was excruciating me sitting there. Right. But I just, and maybe it's not me. Maybe it is this force that we talk about, this higher power. Maybe it is that. I don't know. But who knows, man? Okay. Who knows? All right. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, throw out this concept. It's something I've been talking about with a friend of mine but it feels like it resonates with what you've just described. And so the idea is, so, you know, I, I, I did music for a long time. I still, I still do it, but not in the same way. But now I, I work in education and, and like technology with kids. And so there's a lot that I get to do that's creative around what, around whatever the, I guess the norm is of, of this world. And so I did this thing this summer and and it involved like kids doing things with like tech and Comic-Con and stuff. And then the feedback that the kids gave us, the thing that they really loved was the idea that they had to do something that they didn't know if they could do. And in the end of that process, that was the challenge of it, was the thing that really resonated with them. They got to do a lot of cool things, but mm. the challenge of it was the thing that they loved the most. And so I was talking about this with a friend and I was saying, oh, that's really interesting that the struggle was the part that the kids loved. And the idea of, of that we live in this world right now that is obsessed with simplifying everything for us mm -hmm. to the point that struggle becomes attractive. Right. And so... And so when you were talking about that, you're like, I need to put myself in this uncomfortable moment because there's this, there's this greater thing that will come out of it. So I know that that, mm. like that struggle is going to make me, that fire is going to make me stronger. That yeah. struggle is going to make me greater. And tying it to like the conversation we were having before, like what's the difference of the people who, who don't end up doing these things that are great because they don't have that uncomfortable moment. They don't have that struggle. Mm -hmm. And, and being in a society where it's like, we have to seek out struggle more. We have watches that count the number of steps that we take. Like Otto, I look behind you, you have like the Amazon thing going in the background. You can tell oh, that yeah. thing to do anything. Mm -hmm. Hey, play like Elvis's top five songs from 1956, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. And I was literally having this conversation with someone last night. The idea of like even interacting with people now is so easy. You can limit and like, well, I just want to text someone or I just want to put up like a five second thing of me. And the right. idea of like the art and the struggle of having a conversation and getting to know someone and seeing what comes out of it, which is, I was basically explaining like why we do this podcast, you know, because right. we get like we, Otto and I, put each other in these weird but semi-uncomfortable positions where it's like, hey, here's someone you've never met before. Mm -hmm. we, we, have, we have this rough con like construct or design constraint of we have an hour, an hour and a half, maybe even two, to find not only common ground, but to pull out these really interesting nuggets. Right. And, and you are doing that with all of these decisions, starting from when you were this kid, being really shy, being like, you know what, I, uh, I'm gonna act. I, you know, I, and when you said that, I related to it so much, because I remember being a kid, people would visit our, our apartment and I'd go hide in the closet because I was like, I don't wanna talk to them. 
Yeah, and fast forward yeah. 25 years and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play this show and maybe there's going to be a couple hundred people there. <laughs> right. But, and so my nature was like, ah, I just naturally feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think what you're saying is also like the only way you can make yourself into anything is the struggle, right? Boom. And I think that, yes. And and maybe, you know, maybe I sound like that old man who goes, kids these days, they don't know. <laughs> Here we right? go. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I think of, but even when we were kids, there was that notion where like you want to try something, right? like play the guitar, right? But if you pick up the guitar for the first time and you're not instantly Prince, right. you put the guitar down yep. because, oh, this is too hard. Yep. And I think, I feel like a lot of times in our, I think this is maybe a, in the larger society, we sort of discourage that. Like, it, it, I think it kind of goes back to the book, right? I think this is where I'm going, where- By the way, I gave you this book for this reason. I love that you keep quoting it, keep going. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but it's, 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 it's caused me to think in, in certain ways about things where, we we believe so much in talent, like innate talent, right, right? Right. And we look at all these people who've accomplished things and we go, well, look at LeBron James. He's just really talented. As if that guy didn't bust his ass from the moment he, you know, picked up a basketball till now, right? Right. If we look at somebody might watch away when it comes out and look at Ray and go, well, he's just a naturally talented actor but not understand that this guy had to struggle to get to the level of talent he is, right? Like yeah. that's, there's no way, even if he was a naturally talented actor, and this guy is telling us he was shy, like he was like, and he's bad at dance and, and song and dance. So like, he's like the last guy that you would expect is going to be uh, an actor, right? Right. And I think that the, the message that I'm getting here and the message that keeps getting reinforced in our conversations is like, that the journey is the important thing. It's yeah. not the destination because you're you never get to the end. Yes. You never you're never perfect, right? It's never a yeah. perfect movie. It could have been this. It's never a perfect song. It's never a perfect solo. It's never perfect anything. And that's almost the beauty of it. You can keep learning and you can keep moving on. And and it is about the the discomfort and the pain. It is about cold calling that guy. It is about well. I don't know how to direct, so I guess I'm gonna buy a laptop and figure it out. I've never written anything before. Mm. I'm gonna buy a laptop and like learn how to write, right? Like that's something that I think that is slowly being chipped away from us in society. I agree. Because we want everything instantly, we want it now. And I think that we humans can never, we, 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 we drop that sort of journey at our own peril. Like you'll never get any of us if we are not willing to sort of put ourselves out there and do work, you know what I mean? And that's the thing, that's mm. what, and, and now, now we're just talking about you like you're not even here, Ray. But, <laughs> but that's what Ray did. Ray, yeah. Ray consistently creates that struggle for himself. So the struggle right. of like, hey, like you're talking about the high profile show. I, I don't know what it is. So I'm equating it to like friends or something here. So it's like, all right, if I'm gonna be on friends, I'm not gonna be the guy on friends who's like, like, like coming out of clubs with models. I'm going to take on this skill and figure out how to do this thing. I, and that leads to something greater. Uh, here's this really amazing script. This is a game changer. I'm not the, I'm 25. Think about that. I don't know how old you are now, but think about it at 25 going to someone with money and being like, Hey, 
this thing's amazing. You're going to yeah. do yeah. it. Like in your forties, you're if you if you haven't had experience with it, you're like, I'm never gonna. That'd be crazy. I have this friend. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable you know, asking people for money. But you're like, I I'm I'm an actor. I'm gonna create this struggle because this thing is so great. I'm I'm gonna go through the process of being the producer on this, whatever that means. Because I'm sure there was a level of that for you when you were 25, you know, and like, you know, you're coming into the game as an actor, but you're not, it's not like you did an internship and someone's like, all right, these are the 15 steps you need to follow. And and then at this Mm. point, this is, this is the template for it. Mm -hmm. So you're like, no, I'm going to create that struggle. And out of that struggle comes that amazing unknown. Mm. And so the whole point that I was talking about initially where it's like, we don't have, like, we're craving it and doing it it becomes easier to see those leaps and bounds. And this is me, you know, we met uh, an hour ago. It's easy to see right now because you're recapping the whole thing, how you're able to take that jump to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm just thinking like, okay, this is like a therapy session for me, guys. Because <laughs> like, I'm analyzing myself. But too. it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, that need for, I guess, just making me question where, you know, whether my struggle has always been that need for significance, but I think it starts at that point of that needing significance, which gets me into acting in the first place. And then it's that need, once it's not about that need for significance as much, it becomes about the need of wanting to put good art into the world Mm -hmm. that is going to change views and perceptions Mm -hmm. and change the game in some way, like Kid Altwood did. And then... Uh, and then I think I've evolved from that even more now as I go more into my story. And, and yeah, so there's been an evolution of why I do things. I mean, it starts off with me and significance for myself and then becomes about ultimately about something else and other people, I guess. But right. that, that's powerful. And to me, that is, that, that's like the, that's the, almost the epitome of art. You know, it's like, mm. what is that next challenge? What is, why, you know, otherwise why do it? yeah why do any of this you know and even the way you just described that like uh we were someone one of my friends was just like said to me once when he heard like an episode of the podcast he's like man you you're you're constantly trying to you know something similar to what you just said add beauty to the world and i remember Mm. telling Otto that i was like yeah i mean there's a level of this where i'm like yeah i get to meet a lot of cool people that i wouldn't get to normally talk to I, I, mm. I am able to tap into these pieces of inspiration or understand people's process, you know, because it's what you guys are saying. It's the process. It isn't the product. Mm, the product is right. great. And the product is, you know, a byproduct or whatever. It's amazing. But that struggle that you're going through, I'm sure let's say a month from now, I'm like, Hey man, I read this really great script. I know you've produced stuff. You can say no, but take a read. Now you understand that process. For sure. For sure. Huh. So then from, so, so from making yeah. that movie or being part of that movie, then where yeah. did things go? Like, so then um, I realized I had a passion for, well, first of all, I realized I had a passion for wanting to be, to tell stories, take stories that I believed in out into the world. But also that I realized that when I believed in something, um, I could actually go out there and get it made made and I could make other people believe in it mm-hmm. um, and so I took what all the trials and tribulations that I learned from that process which was hard um, but I, 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 I 
learned my mistakes and where I may have gone wrong. And um, I took those those lessons and I was like, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me again. Um, and then I decided to start making more movies and uh, worked on a couple of, produced a couple of uh, micro-budget films that all did good business, did really well, and I started to learn the business side of things. And then the directing comes into it, and that comes from a place of, so back in 2008, I lose someone close to me. So my girlfriend's younger brother, um, in, in, a, in a case of mistaken identity, uh, gets stabbed to death. Sorry, man. Uh, no, it's all, it's all good. It was back in 2008, there was this epidemic during that summer of like knife crime, as they call it here, going on in the UK. And it just seemed to be, it was just like happening daily. And the more the, 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 the media spoke about it, the more it seemed to be happening. And it was just this, 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 this summer, this particular summer where it was just going on. And you never think something like this is going to happen to you or anyone close to you. And uh, it happened to, to my girlfriend at the time, her younger brother. And, uh, and I was in, I was, I was completely distraught. It was the most horrible time in my life. I, um, watched the most fat loving family I'd ever met yeah. kind of suddenly start falling to, 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 to pieces one by one. Mm. And I just felt so helpless. Like I was there, I was there on the fringes of it all. And what I was witnessing was really hard. And I just wanted to do, I wanted to make things better. And I, and I realized that what can you do? You can't go out and get these guys that did it. Like, what can you do? How do you make this better? You can't. And I just, the only thing I could do and offer and feel like I was like doing something towards it at the time after things had subsided a little bit, I, uh, decided that and it was therapeutic for me really but I was going to write a, a script about mm -hmm. it I was going to write and I wasn't just going to do what was happening in the media at the time which is all these campaigns and people walking the streets saying stop uh, you know stop knives save lives and all this and I was like I, I need to do something more than that mm -hmm. and so um yeah what well, is not that was great it's not to say that that what that sure. was happening there wasn't good enough. That was great. But what is it that I can offer? Right. As, who, right. What can I do? That's me. And so I, one night, found myself writing this script, but I wanted to tell it from the perspective of watching the most loving family I'd ever met fall to pieces one by one. Wow. And so I wrote this short film script, and I remember scribbling all night and writing this thing, and at the end of the night, sort of like, like finish this thing and and felt so it was real like like therapy for me i felt felt like i'd got something off my chest and then i just shelved it it was therapeutic and i shelved it and there came a point i was like one day i'll get that made i'll get that made and then one day i decided a little while later a few years later like oh maybe i should try and get this made now and then i went out to people to try and find just a short film like just let's just find a short film 
It's about knife crime. It's putting a positive message out in the world. And people were too frightened, like brands and stuff were too frightened to associate themselves with this thing that was going on. And so no one wanted to back it. And then, uh, and then people like would come to me and say, oh, we'll, I'll make that. And I'd be like, no, it's such a personal story. I need to make it. I want to make it. Right. And then one day a friend of mine came to me and he said, look, there was an exhibition going on uh, about knife crime in London. And a friend of mine had said to me, it's such a shame that you never got that film made uh, in time uh, to get it made at that exhibition because like politicians are going down to see it and it, it would have been an, an amazing platform for it. Right. And I was like, yeah, it's a shame. And he said, if I was to give you the money for it, could you get it done in time? And I'm like, well, that's... That's in two weeks. Yeah. And he's like, but I've got like eight grand sitting here. Like, if I give you the money, can you make it? And I'm like, I've never directed before, dude. Um, um, okay, let's do it. Amazing. And I jumped into it. And I was like, right, I'm going to get this film ready for two weeks' time so we can screen at this nice time exhibition because I want these politicians to see right. this film. We need some context. We need some context. Yeah, this is life sentence, right? Yes, yes. I, that's one of the movies he showed me um, on set that I freaked out at. Um, and I, I didn't hear that story. Like how, I remember you said we had a little bit of time to get it uh, yeah. together, but you didn't fucking tell me that you shot from, from conception to showing in two weeks, bro? Two weeks, yeah, that's, two weeks. And I've never idea. directed before. I need content yeah. on that. Never because... directed. Okay, sorry, Kwaku, I'm cutting you off. Yeah, but like, go ahead, go ahead. You have no context as you haven't seen the movie. Not even just that, but what it means to film a short in two weeks. You can film a short in two weeks. Like, you, you can do it. It's not going to be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. And it's, if you're a first-time director, probably not going to be very good at all because you don't know. But Ray... <laughs> I wish I could show you this movie right now. I should even share the screen and show you. This movie is crazy. And you know how I kind of went on that excited rant like about 20 minutes ago? Um, for a guy who's never directed, um, it is so, what I love about this movie, and I'm going to show it to you later, um, is that it's, it's cinematic, yes, it, it's using the it's using cinema to tell the story, right? And it's beautifully shot, but there's a theatrical part, and I mean theater part that he uses that is just it's just so good. I, I'm not going to give it away because I don't want to ruin it for you. But he uses the tricks of theater to tell a story filmically, which is one of my favorite things when I watch it on screen, that I'm just like, Ray, now that I know that this is the first thing that you shot, it's 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 crazy. It it, it is like I don't want to hype you up too much, but like <laughs> it's it's crazy that you came up with this movie in two weeks with very little money, with your with with your with your man's money. And like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't even, I can't even put a sentence together because I can't believe that this is, this is the story behind this movie. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. So we had, so the day I decided I was going to do it, I called in some favors and I was like, right, let's, uh, 
let's get this made. And I'll never forget, we set up shop. We didn't, we couldn't afford an office. So we set up shop at the Curzon Cinema in Soho. And we were just like sitting downstairs in the, the, the cafe area, like producing this, this movie. And I called my friend Ben uh, Jakes, who I'd, uh, who I'd worked on a movie with before. And I was like, Ben, I need a favor. I need you to come and help me. We need to do this together. We need to work together to get this made. And he's like, okay, what's, what's the deal? And I was like, we got to get this on screen, being screened in two weeks. And so the very next day we started, we came to our little office at the Curzon Soho and we began working. And I was meeting with cinematographers to talk about these ideas I had of how I wanted to shoot this. And as you say, it was very theatrical and the way I wanted to do it. And everyone was telling me, Ray, great idea, too ambitious. You don't have enough time or money. Because we had a five-day shoot, right? You don't have enough time or money. And I was like, but no, 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 but I know I can do this. I know this can be done. And like, yeah, but you don't have enough time or money. It's impossible. So these like, cinematographers, cinematographers were closing the door on me and saying, no, I can't, okay, I can't come on board. This is too much. Right. And so I was really, really despondent. And uh, my friend who had given me the money, he's like a bit of a hustler, right? And he's like, he said to me, okay, okay, Ray, so I'm just feeling despondent. He's like, if you could have any cinematographer in the world to shoot this movie, who would it be? And I was like, well, it would be Pierre Aime that shot my favorite movie of all time, the French movie La Haine. Oh, it's a great movie. And, and I said, it would be him. And he's like, give me 24 hours. Dude, 24 hours later, my friend goes, I've got Pierre on the phone. Now, Whoa. this guy, you can't find details for this guy anywhere. Like, he's like, he's just like one of those artists that's off in the world somewhere, and you just have to track him down. So I get Pierre on the phone, and I like, he, he's on the phone with me, and I'm like, and I start pitching to him what I'm trying to do. And then I'm like, you know what, Pierre, can I get you? to London, I need to meet you face to face. I need to talk about this with you. We haven't got much time, can I get you here? He's like, cool. So we get him from Paris over to London. And I'll never forget, I had these few hours with him and I'm like, I gotta get this guy on board. So we sit in this, uh, in this uh, outside, never forget it, in this little cafe in Hoxton. And I sit there and I just talk at him. Uh, like I do when I get passionate and I'm just like telling him what I'm trying to do. And I'm like, people are telling me I can't do this, but it needs to be this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm like, do you think it's possible, Pierre? And he's like, right. He's like, what you're trying to achieve is going to be very, very difficult given the, the time frame. circumstances and the tools that you have. I'm like, but is it impossible? He's like, no, it's not impossible. It can be done. And I'm like, now, will you do this with me? <laughs> and he's like, Ray, you know, and I'll never forget it. He said, I love your passion. He's like, you remind me of Matthew Kasovitz when he was pitching Lahaine to me. He's like, your passion. Wow. He's like, I'm in. And you know what? Like this guy, and I'm so ever so grateful to him. He came and shot this movie for free for me. Wow. We shot it in five days and uh, we were always on the back foot. But again, I stepped onto set that first day as a director 
and I had that same thing that happened to me that day on stage where I went, oh, this is a calling. This is a calling because you know what? I stepped on set and all those things that I, I were, were kind of sometimes a baggage for me as an actor, like, you know, uh, or uh, I didn't care about the way I looked and suddenly I didn't have to worry about learning my lines. And, but suddenly I was in control of this whole piece creatively. I just wasn't a piece of the jigsaw. I was yes. in control of the whole thing. And I was like, this is a corner. And you know what? I didn't fear one bit. I wasn't scared. It, it, in a weird way, it came more naturally to me than acting. Mm. Yeah. And I stepped on. And I, of course I was underprepared. I didn't have enough time, but I just knew the story I wanted to tell. And I knew I didn't want anyone else to tell it. And I had this vision and I was going to stick to it and trust myself. And I stepped on set and it just seemed to work. And it was just so smooth. I mean, it was proper guerrilla filmmaking. I remember I wanted this shot in the opening scene. And uh, I tell you, you might remember, we've got this sort of billboard at the back and I had to have this opening shot. And then when we got there on the day to like try and we, we created this billboard and then we got there and my art department are like, yeah, we can't put it on that wall because it's like danger of death signs around here. Like we can't do this and we're not allowed to go over that fence. And I'm like, but I need this shot. And uh, yeah, like we, you're going to have to lose it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to get it. I'm like, I'm going to put myself in the firing line. So that shot, is me holding that billboard up behind it because I'm like, I need this shot. So wow. I jumped the fence and I'm holding it there. Anyway, we get to the scene. It's my last sort of anecdote of this film. We're shooting this movie. I don't know how I've got through it, but I've done it. And uh, we're on, I think, the last day of shooting. And we are trying to get this moment at the end. And we, we'd lost our location. Then we finally, at the last minute, got a new location. And we're trying to do this one of these theatrical moments at the end to fit in with the rest of the movie. And we're all scratching our head. We don't know how we're going to do it in this space. And I'm sitting and Pierre is scratching his head and it's like, how are we going to do it? And then suddenly I go, what if we do this, 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 and this? And Pierre says, he just stops what he's doing. And he says to me, he's like, Ray, can I ask, are you a musician? And I'm like, no, dude, I, I, I've got no musical bone in my body. He's like, do, do you sing or dance? I'm like, no. He's like, you direct with this like rhythm, this rhythm, like, it, like, and he's like, you direct musically. He's like, how have you? And he said to me in that moment, he's like, and I'll never forget it because I was just young and like, first time I'd ever done anything. He said, if you ever direct a feature film, I want to shoot it. Wow. And I was like, wow. And it was a real. Um, powerful moment for me and and uh and we shot this film i went into an edit for two days with no sleep i cut it and i had to get it out on the screen at this exhibition so these politicians could watch it and we did it and we screened and and uh it had its journey and it won some film festivals and got long listed for a bath and it had its own little journey but and then i really wanted to get it into all schools if i could because i was like I think every kid, it was instigating a conversation about knife crime with teenagers. And I wanted to do that. It didn't really 
it didn't really go down that path like I wanted it to because I, I wrote to the government. I was like, you need to, you can have this movie and you can put it in schools. Right. And, uh, but they had their own plans of what they wanted to do and, and whatever. But, but you know what? I went and screened it for schools off my own back um, because I was just so passionate about children uh, hearing the story. And, and I was watching the conversations that it was instigating. And so, yeah, and this, and this film had its journey, but it also led me on to, on to, it had its journey socially in the world of what it needed to do, but it also had a journey for me in becoming a filmmaker and wanting to direct. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, maybe twice in this conversation now, like, like I was in the trailer watching this and um, I know some of the story because I remember when I came, one of the first things I said to you was like, yo, who shot it? And you told me Pierre, and I didn't know the name, but I knew the movie. When you said La Haine, I was like, it be, be, it's, it's, there's, there's a black and white element and it's, it's uh, dark people like you and me. So one of the things I said was like, whoever that cinematographer knows, he knows how to shoot black people mm, yeah. in black mm. and white and mm. not, and just, it looks beautiful. And then, and then he was like, yeah, we did this in two weeks. I was like, you did this in two weeks? Yeah, it was my first thing. That was your first thing. Like, I again, like the, the same sort of revelations that Pierre had, you know, as the, the cinematographer when he was shooting it, I had just watching it. I was like, but Ray, you don't do music? Like everything, he, he understands rhythm, the camera moves and you're just in it. That first scene that, and I know it's hard to have no context as it like literally I, I do just not want, want to give everything I just away. want to see this. Now, can I, is it first <laughs> to see this? <laughs> but that first, we might, might have overhyped it now. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know I didn't. I, like, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful work. And maybe this, like, just let me say it. Like, you know, like you see those first films of like the first directors that we all know and love and you know you're watching something, right? And forgive me, Ray, I'll, I'll even mute you so you don't like, you know, go crazy on me. But like, <laughs> when you watch like Spike's first film or when you watch early Scorsese or you watch early whoever, right? Again, I, I don't know where you're gonna go as a film director, but it, that excitement that I had watching your film as just the dude in the next trailer, I, I still remember it. I still have the chills that I was like, dude, I remember you said, yeah, I think it's a good film, but like I'm watching it in the trailer on my little phone going, fucking hell. And then he has another one, right? I mean, we're kind of running out of time at this point, but I just, I, 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 one of the reasons I brought you on is not just because you're an actor, but you are such a natural storyteller using like. film yeah. and theater that it's really exciting and, it, and it's inspiring to me because I think what's inspiring to me about you is your passion. Like once you get that taste in your mouth, there doesn't seem to be anything that's going to stop you. And you never blame it on the other person. Oh, I couldn't get this film made because that person didn't get me the money. It's like, well, if that person doesn't get you the money, Ray's going to go find it somewhere else. Yep. Even if he's yeah. got to like beg on the streets for it because he believes in the thing he's doing. Mm. So it's never a handout, whether it's a spiritual handout or a, um, a, a financial handout. Ray knows like, like, guys, I'm going to take you on this journey, all of us together, and we're going to bring something that is worthy into this world. I think that is an incredible thing that wow. I, I 
got a taste of on set with you, but like having this full conversation, yeah. oh man, I feel like I need to go like write a song or something. Oh, <laughs> like thank you, bro, man. It's thank really you so fucking much. fantastic. I like Kwaku, I can't wait for you to see these two show, these two movies, but like, oh man, so I, fantastic. I'm thank just, you, brother. so I, I mean, first of all, Otto, you, you've yeah. done it again. Because, I mean, it's like a small <laughs> competition that we have where it's just like, nope, that person was great. No one's ever lost. No one ever loses in this. <laughs> um, Ray, I cannot, it is, it, I am not even uh, part of a pitch with you. Or we're not even, you know, you're not even talking about a thing. It's not like I'm in a scenario where I'm, um, in, I, I'm in this place where I can help you complete your next project. And I'm picking up on the passion and the drive. Like every, like there's two or three instances where people, where you, you've said today, and this person's like, well, I just really like how passionate about, about how passionate you are about this thing. That's what's selling me on this. Mm. Even if it feels impossible, you know? And I'm just, I'm in awe of like that, of you constantly putting yourself in these spaces that you know do not feel right. But yeah. the end result, like what you want, the vision that you have, that's the only way to get there. It's like, I need to drive through this weird neighborhood to get to that restaurant that I love. And I know that's, that's really reductive <laughs> of, what you, yeah. of what you described today. Um, but it's, or I need to, or I have this yoga teacher who's great. And I also like can't stand them because we're in the class and you're in this pose and you're holding it. And he's like, it's never enough. There is no end. He's just like walking around and you're like holding this pose and you're in so much pain. And he's like, yeah, push yourself. There's no, ha there's, there's no normal. There's, there's no, there's yeah. no regular. There's no, there's no end. So if you feel uncomfortable, that's good. You're going to feel more uncomfortable. And after the class you're sore and, and it's like, you're sweating, but then like you wait a couple hours, like, man, I feel amazing. Yeah. And yeah. that, like, that to on me, the other side, the discomfort is always growth, right? Exactly. Always. And, yeah. uh, and do you yeah. feel, do you feel that any of, of the, um, the first school that you were in, the one that had that huge focus on singing and dancing has influenced mm -hmm. the way, you know, cause we like, it's a recipe and we're pulling these things and we don't know where it comes from. We're pulling them off the shelf, but had any influence on like your approach to being a director, like this rhythmic piece that everyone keeps talking about, you know, because it all comes yeah. from somewhere. Maybe, yeah, it's funny because I still, you put me on the dance floor, I'm, I can't move, man. Like, <laughs> I can't sing a note to save my life. Um, I understand what people say about the, the musical side of the directing and, and it's funny because uh, when I hear music, I see visual images um, and, but I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder again, Again, I'm starting to learn in this conversation more and more is that like a lot of my uh, the fruits of what I do come from the pain of what I've been through mm -hmm. and so I, 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 I don't know maybe maybe I remember being incredibly uncomfortable in those in those classes uh, when it came to the singing and dancing stuff yeah. and just like thinking please don't ask me to sing that solo or please don't ask me to go and start pirouetting across like you know, in the dance, in dance uh, class, um, I, 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 and I, and I, and I don't know. Maybe there was uh, 
a fear of embarrassment or something and that's led to something I, who knows who knows mm-hmm. but I, I i definitely know there's a pattern in that like my my traumas do lead to uh uh my fruits in yeah. some way yeah and even even the idea of like uh if you're ever in a building that's really high up in a major city and there's an ebb and flow to traffic if you're looking out the window and you see like all right there's a rush of cars they're slowing down it's a red light it speeds up the idea that even if you're not paying attention or trying to find a pattern there's a rhythm you pick up on or if you're riding sure. in the underground or you're riding in the subway it's like all right we're coming to a stop and then you know the perfect example is the people who can sleep on trains and wake up at their stop because mm-hmm. there's yeah. that rhythm of yeah. like all right yeah. okay, all right yeah. there's yeah. one more there's another and so it's not like you're counting yeah. the moments but you're picking up on that rhythm and it feels like, you know, just being immersed in that, it feels like there must've been a level of that where even if you can't do it, you understand the visual of it. You know what it's supposed, you know what it's supposed yeah. to feel like. Even yeah. if you, yeah. you don't know how to cook, but when you taste something like chili or, or pizza or something, and you're like, man, that is amazing. You know what that thing is Shoot. supposed to taste like. Even if you don't know how to do it, you're like, but this is it. I feel this. Mm. and that's yeah what, that's it's what a hyper sensitivity i guess a yeah. hyper sensitivity and, and i guess like maybe it boils down from surviving and feeling different i guess yeah mm-hmm. um um and there becomes a hyper sensitivity with that which i definitely know i'm hypersensitive in 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 so many ways like um so i wonder if that ties into that rhythm of feeling things in a certain yeah. way or yeah I don't know, man. This is like therapy. This is amazing. Yeah, this is great. This is great, man. Um, you know, I mean, we, we're kind of out of time and I, I, I could talk another, <laughs> I mean, another, literally for another, another two hours. I was going to say four to five. I'm just generous. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the bar is closing, though. We got to go home. They're turning yeah, the lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, Ray. I mean, you know, what? one thing is, it's just nice about doing this stuff is, you know, bringing somebody that you want knows a little bit right um and then learning even more stuff getting more context to the things that i've already sort of thought about you and then seeing it sort of like written in front of me and so i get all the details um but one thing i will say um is that you know first of all for ray and i are going to be in a show called away on netflix uh starring us and hillary swank and josh charles um and it's we can't wait for you guys to see it uh it's coming out september 4th um and uh it's about the journey to mars uh we get to play astronauts that said i hope everybody watches that but whatever ray does after that whatever ray like I'm telling you, if you guys need to learn this name um, and whatever this guy does after that or during that um, is going to be just something I think that everybody should see because um, we bring a lot of great artists on. Ray, I think you're also a great artist. I'd say that's about everybody or you wouldn't be on this, but like you're the 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 little things that I've seen you do make me so excited as just an artist, oh. and it's just I cannot wait to see what you do next, my dude. Like you're yes. holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Thank you so much, man. Do you know what? It's been amazing to just like talk and just you know say things out loud, like say stories that I've never told before. So thank you for the opportunity to be able to do that. It's amazing, man, and yeah. share it all. Like that's incredible, man. Thank you yeah. for being so open as well. So I always joke with Otto, like, 
because we do these intros and outros to this. And I'm like, I made a new friend today because, <laughs> we, <laughs> because we have these like really amazing, intense discussions. And I learned so much about someone that I literally did not know an hour beforehand where yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I literally know their life story. And occasionally yeah. it happens where it's like, I'll see like the person without Otto. And then um, and I'm like, hey, and they're like, actually, I don't really know you that well. <laughs> you know, because I get so yeah. excited, yeah. <laughs> like learning all this. Yeah. But it's just you guys, you guys, you know, Atto knows. We've just done press together for, you know, however, however many weeks. And I'm not usually comfortable in these situations. So, like, it's down to you guys for, for like, being so open and stuff, man, and making it easy. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Seriously. you. I mean, all right. All right. And with that, um, you with the glasses, who are you? My name is Kwaku, and who are you? I'm Atu, and this is Radio Zamunda, the... Dope. Shit. And who have we had the pleasure of, I feel like, just scratching the surface to get to know. I can't wait for travel to open up. I can't wait to see these movies. We have to, we, I, I need you to send me the link to this movie, if possible. Today. Will do. You know, I, I need to see this. Who have we had the pleasure of really getting to know and hear just amazing, amazing stories from today? The, my my friend, the great and humble, but ridiculously talented, Ray Panthaki. Dope ass dude, man. man thank, thank you. Thank you for, for just sharing time with us today. Thanks, Thanks buddy. It's, you know, this, in ways, this podcast is like Christmas that happens sometimes a couple times a month. <laughs> never, you know what I mean? There's just like this weird present that's been sitting underneath the tree and you're like, you're not exactly sure who it's from. And you're like, oh, and someone's like, oh, that's for you. And then you open it up and you're like, this is amazing. I didn't even know I wanted this. I didn't even know I needed this. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Go that's ahead. right. That, yeah. But that's my point. That's what I just got from this yeah. conversation. Yeah, I mean, what I what I love about him and like I kept, I think I said at least two or three times in the conversation why I brought him on. It's not just because he's an actor, but it's his uh, his creative process and his um, he does strive for perfection. And like I love when he gets passionate about something, he sort of just guns blazing, just says, "All right, I'm going to figure out how to do this," which is uh, which is a good reminder because I think sometimes I get a little bit sort of passive in my sort of artistic pursuits and and don't sort of push myself in ways that I feel like I can. Um, and I think Ray was a nice reminder of that. Ray was like, you know, just watching him or hearing him talk, I was just like, shit, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on my stuff now. I gotta, I gotta get this wow. produced. I gotta like push this further, you know, because um, I, I like that kind of hustle. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would never describe you as passive in your artistic pursuits. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I mean, and this is a bit of a, an aside off of this Ray talk, but didn't you just win an award for directing a music video? I did. I did. Um, okay. You know, but I'm trying to be that kind of passive. Like, <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We just I, we just won an award for Bang Bang, the video 
featuring Chuck D that the Odyssey, uh, the song the Odyssey made, uh, you know, and KJ is our OG guest. Do they know KJ? Does the listening audience know KJ? Uh, I hope, <laughs> but at this point, they better know KJ because he's been on about three or four times. But just to remind you, he's an amazing musician. He's the vocalist and the bassist behind the Odyssey and uh, the video that I directed, but we all made. And an amazing person. Yes, and an amazing person. So anyway, yeah. So speaking of somebody who makes me want to hustle like Ray, KJ is also another dude, and Johnny Juice for that matter, who we'll have on at some point, who is the other half of the Odyssey, is another hustler who I just love their game. So Ray is just an addition to the tapestry of hustlers we've got um, that just make dope shit. Ray is like, you know, like those, um, like people talk about, uh, you know, diamonds come from like these situations with the most intense pressure and stuff like he is a walking example of uh of productive struggle yeah and the idea you know it's like you know sometimes you'll see these bands like you know uh, i'll I'll use rem as an example which is really random you look at each of the each of like the separate musicians in that band they're all okay Right, right. None of them, I would call them breakout stars. Michael Stipe is a star quality. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, who's R.E.M.? But, but together, they come together, and they are fantastic. Right. And so with him, you know, the way, like, the way he talked about it, you know, like him being shy, but he wanted to go to acting school, not yeah. knowing how to dance or really sing, but yeah. the fact that he brings this musicality to his craft. Yeah. Um, not you know in certain scenarios he was talking about different like like either movies or productions like i forget the name of the movie but you sent it to me and i watched it um oh uh um the one about knifings yes and how am i forgetting this the name of this later yeah um oh my god that's it's gonna drive me insane yeah i'm gonna look it up right now as we talk but the thing about him that just rocks my world that he's just like, all right, I'm just going to make this happen to the best of my ability. And it's going to be even more magical than I could have imagined because I watched that short. Yeah. uh, As soon as we finished with him Mm -hmm. and I was blown away. I was, I was like, yes, black people are shot. Well, and I, and I called you up afterwards and I was like, this is the other thing I love about this podcast. I'm like, all right, explain to me the stagecraft part. Right. Right. You guys kept talking about it. I'm I'm not going to have you say it down, ruin it for anybody else. Mm -hmm. But the way, you know, I, I likened it to like watching a baseball game with someone who's played professional baseball or right. going to a concert, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll go to a concert with friends. I'm like, all right, this is going to be the last song. All right, this is what song they're going to play next. And right. this is the encore. This is why the lights are going. You know what I mean? It's like you right. understand the process so much mm-hmm. that you, you, you can appreciate the practice in a much deeper way. Yeah. And that's what I got through talking to you about that movie. Mm-hmm. But through talking to Ray, I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're the guy who was like a bank teller a couple of years ago or like yeah, working yeah, in the back exactly. office. Yeah. Just like grinding away and just like, yeah. you know, knowing that you wanted to be an actor, mm-hmm. but you weren't sure how to go about it. And so right. you're just like, all right, let's just, I'm just going to, I'm going to email everybody. Or I think yeah. it was actual mail at that point, right? Yes. When he, when he mailed all the agents. Yes. And sort of taking things upon himself and like learning, you know, teaching himself how to do things. Uh, right. That's, uh, um, I think that's a, it's the common thread with everybody that we bring on, right? They We create our own opportunities. I love when you said, you know, I'm not going to get a leading man, but I'll write leading men roles for myself or I'll, I'll direct something or I'll, I'll do it. And it's, um, 
again, it's there's there's so much more power I feel like that we artists have, but we are always in a asking for work mode that we we even think that our we work for our agents in a way instead yeah. of the other way around where it's like no I've got something and I'm gonna find the crew of people who believe the same thing I do right I'm gonna make this movie or I'm gonna make this piece of music and I'm or I'm gonna make this podcast whatever it is and so I I think that that sort of that ethos is something that I really admire in Ray. I think maybe, and so I'm starting to understand what you meant by the passivity mm -hmm. um, in your artistic practice, you mm -hmm. know, um, because I was joking, I was like, we just won an award for doing this thing. Sure. You and Kevin sat mm -hmm. on that couch I see behind you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talked about. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, and even with what we're doing now, I feel like right now podcasting is, is a lot easier. Sure. And a lot of people are doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think we're going to what's like four or five, six years. I don't. Even, I can't even count anymore. Right, right, right. When we first started doing this, so it's like, all right, cool. We don't know how. Yeah. Let's just do it. We're yeah. gonna figure out a way. Yeah, make those mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And for all fifteen of you who've been listening the entire time, thank you. It's been wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's special. I mean, you know, I mean, I think we're going a little long on this, but I think that um, also just, you know, the even if it's just 15 people, I still, you know, my barber randomly was like, hey, when's, when are you coming up with another episode? And I've never spoken to him about it. You know what I mean? Right. So he knows me from the neighborhood. He knows that I'm an actor. And he just looked it up one day and listened. And, and it's like, I can't wait for the next episode. So, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that, it's having the confidence, the artistic confidence in yourself to do stuff, put it up and not, and not be afraid of what, people think or be afraid of what people think and use that sort of use stuff that fear. Yes. yeah that sort of diamond that use that pressure instead of just being so terrified of trying anything because you're trying to please so many people um yeah. please yourself please your friends you know what i mean I, I like when i bring on a guest like ray and you're pleased right i'm I ecstatic like, yeah i yeah. want to be ray's friend i'm not gonna lie right and that's 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 the the important thing. That's like we've we've traded artistically again, right? And, and you're like, oh, Ray's not whack. That's cool. I wanna I wanna learn something from Ray. You could write a song, and I go, damn, that song is dope. Maybe somebody else doesn't like it, but I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. we find these little connections, and we keep creating. It's um, it's it's a it's a lovely process. That what you're describing. That is, I think that's the thing with Ray. How inspiring he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's not just like, all right, cool. You know, and by the way, I, I want to say this too. I want to make sure we mention this. September fourth, away. Oh, right. I'm, yes. I'm. I mean, I. I don't know if you know about this, but it's this really great show. It's coming out on Netflix. Netflix. Um, yeah. Hillary Swank is in Ray it. Ray and I. Ray, you're in it too. Yes, I am in it too. <laughs> yes, this woman named Hillary Swank. Uh, and then there's a Josh Charles, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But no. No. It's um coming out soon and we can't wait for you all to see it i can't wait to see it yeah um and i can't wait to see ray in it and I, we always say this but we have to come around and start cycling back through some people sure. just to check in with them you know yeah. i feel like we have enough of a a roster now not that we, i mean there's definitely new people on deck i know you were talking about some yeah there's like there's at least two people i'm like i need to to introduce you to yeah. to get that to get that freak out moment from you that i crave so much <laughs> well damn good stuff man good stuff and good with stuff that you're in thank yes. you thank you and thank you ray panthaki thank you ray seriously yeah. and who are you i'm kwaku and who are you 
I'm Atu and this is Radio Zamunda The. Dope. Shit. Thank you for listening. Thank you. What up? <laughs>